Archaeology of Fashion and the Discourse on Secondhand Objects, a safe space that spotlights and shares the stories behind secondhand objects and how they are used to express and represent one's self-identity. This podcast explores and illuminates narratives that reflect the relationship between a garment and its wearer from the perspective of first-generation Americans. I'm your host, Nicole K. Rebus a fashion historian, archivist, researcher, and a self-proclaimed fashion archaeologist with a trained eye in fashion studies and specialization on fashion history and theory through an interdisciplinary approach. Using material and visual culture, film and art history, social anthropology and emotional memory through a fashion studies lens, My research and level of expertise are now centered on rewriting the narrative surrounding the value of quote-unquote old clothes. Welcome back, listeners. On today's part two of episode four, The Archaeology of Fashion and the Discourse on Secondhand Objects, we will continue to discuss how one determines the value of a vintage piece or garment of the past. As we started to examine the different types of value from a subjective point of view, in part one of our fourth episode, Valuing Vintage Garments, we focused on buyers, collectors, and vintage enthusiasts as we investigated what's worth collecting. In today's episode, Evaluating Vintage Garments, we will concentrate on an objective point of view from appraisers, resellers, and collection managers as we analyze What's worth investing in? When it comes to archiving, there is little inquiry in establishing the value behind each object due to the predetermined desire for it to be preserved, conserved, and stored for safekeeping and future use. However, depending on the project itself, further research may need to be conducted on an object in order to provide a greater context of its history when entering an archival database. For instance, a fashion garment may enter the housing facility out of order, on a rack, or in boxes where it is unclear as to what the item is, what year or collection it belongs to, or what look number it is when it was first presented along the runway. As we will begin to grasp the value of a garment from the past, through an objective point of view, what is deemed as worthy objects of study? What is considered valuable histories that never materialize? What is interpreted as an archive? If an item has no monetary value, can it be said to be worthless? Can an item with no value be an asset? According to Frida Matassa, previous head of collections management at the Tate Art Museum, and former registrar at the Royal Academy, is a well-known expert on cultural collections management and is currently the co-founder and director for a museum quality service company launched in 2013, providing hands-on practical help to provide public, private, and corporate collections. 
She explains in her book, Valuing Your Collection, a practical guide for museums, libraries, and archives. Quote, in the distance past, value or price could be determined by costing the materials of the item. She continues, later, the time taken to produce an artistic, scientific, or practical item could inform the final price. At some point, craftsmanship also became important to price or value, end quote. Every collection, whether set in a retail space or archive setting, there are clear missions and goals for how the objects will be used, whether for rental, public study, or purchase, the acquired items are chosen by an established criterion placed by the cultural institution itself. When following the principal guidelines by the appraiser, resale dealer, or collection manager, it is then decided what is worth investing in. The common denominator when evaluating a garment of the past from an objective perspective is profit. In part one of episode four, we examined how the condition of an artifact can signify its emotional and cultural value with its human imprints or stains and alterations. However, when it comes to appraising the monetary value of an object, while some artifacts may have cultural worth with market value, others do not. For instance, a vintage or antique piece may have outstanding research potential, but no market value, especially when significantly altered from its original design. It may be resold for sums of money to a potential wearer within the secondary market, but for a public archive, it has lost its context and information and is of no real value. The instinctive sense for what the designer was once trying to say is no longer made obvious or clear through the artifact itself. When measuring the value of an item for a cultural institution, such as a museum, according to Matassa, the organization considers the city, region, or nation where measurements of worth include visitor numbers, website visits, visitor satisfaction, donations, sponsors, participation in events, and the age range, gender, ethnicity, and social demographic of visitors. Within these spaces, archive collections are more retained than they are publicly held. Although artifacts are likely to be disposed of during the deaccession process, where objects are permanently removed from the museum's collection to make room for newly acquired objects, when they may not be seen as publicly significant, which is determined by many areas of cultural activity driven by ticket sales and the necessity of creating a profit. Items are therefore seen as financial assets when it comes to its disposal and are then resold to new owners at auction houses. When a garment of the past is altered by its current owner, whether hemmed, taken in along the waist, or hooks and eyes are replaced with a zipper, the monetary value has decreased since the integrity of its original condition or design has been modified. Though an item can be resold in the future as new vintage, meaning within five years of its production, how is the monetary value affected 20 years later? Does the monetary value increase due to its scarcity or does it decrease due to its condition? Auctioneers determine the worth of what is to go for sale based on the item's provenance, a criterion that falls under both 
monetary, and emotional value. In the buying and selling of used goods, it is about investing in the frock market, an alternative concept similar to investing in the stock market, where the initial monetary value of a used good increases over time due to its scarcity, rarity, and authenticity. For instance, a Sonia Delaunay hat purchased for $300 American dollars in 1998 in an antique store in the South was worth $150,000 American dollars with a certificate of authenticity in 2013. Even though in today's contemporary world, where clothing is often considered disposable, in the early history of the secondhand trade and its frock and flea markets, clothing was materially valuable. The intrinsic value, a philosophical concept and estimated worth of an object derived in and of itself beyond its current value in the present market for clothing, extends the life cycle of a garment, which can go on to not only have a second life, but also a third and fourth beyond its initial owner. This includes aspects of upcycling, repurposing, and repairs for preserving or conserving the item. According to the podcast Dressed, the History of Fashion, which explores the social and cultural histories behind the who, what, when of why we wear what we wear, the hosts, fashion historians Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan, explain prior to the 1960s hippies wearing vintage, the stigma associated with dealing of used clothes were related to sanitary conditions, hygiene, accumulated body oils, stains, soiling, and even perhaps fleas and bed bugs, which is where the name flea market comes from. The commercial desire to collect from certain eras influenced the role of the trader or reseller. Nowadays, we have many vintage trade market shows, such as The Current Affair, which is a traveling trade marketplace that showcases the best vintage from around the world under one roof, with its pop-ups taking place in Los Angeles, the Bay Area, Brooklyn, New York, and most recently in Rancho Pillow, Texas, where the vintage collections are dry cleaned, preserved, authenticated, repaired with mends and patches versus the quick fix of sap or tar from the early 1900s, which didn't last after items were sold. Something that is also always considered by resale dealers and collection managers are repairs. How much is it going to cost to repair or restore the garment? Has the object been altered from its original design? If it is a well-sought-out good, like a limited-edition product found in poor condition, many dealers will invest in its repair and keep it as a permanent collection piece, or in other words, not available for purchase, but for rental only, which often requires a fee. The importance of an item's provenance, where it came from, who it belonged to, the story behind where this garment was worn is also considered in addition to a designer's lifetime. For example, if we are examining a Christian Dior gown, was this garment designed by Christian Dior himself or one of his successors? In the 2013 to 2015 docuseries, LA Frock Stars, Viewers witnessed a Dior lifetime piece from 1957 with alterations and missing interior corselet, 
that was built in its original design. An unlabeled Christian Dior Zerling dress, named after the peasant heroine of a Mozart opera and shown in the last collection Dior completed in person, sold at $8,500 American dollars in 2015, where the exact model sold over $100,000 American dollars with its lining intact the previous year in Europe. The store manager of the vintage boutique, the way we wore at the time, Sarah argues, quote, Dior was known for his foundations. So to me, the dress isn't really, really a Dior anymore. If you alter a couture piece, it drastically devalues the piece. It's a huge issue for collectors, end quote. Because profit remains a focal point, the value shopper is always taken into consideration where items are purchased at a price point where it can be resold at a number where customers feel like they are getting a good deal. But what is the alternative result of an unsold vintage garment? The answer, consignment, a term that refers to the legal transfer of a property to the auction house or retailer for sale on the owner's behalf. My most recent involvement with the arcade shop, a cooperative retail space owned by a current affair that carries a vast curated selection of vintage pieces from various vendors across the country, provides an ethnographic analysis when selling pieces to secondhand dealers and museum archives. The greatest value adding component comes from the branded auction house or retailer as they connote status and quality how people see the design, and validation for taste. When a designer becomes branded, the resale market tends to accept it as legitimate, whatever the company. The value of a vintage item can increase through time based on how it has been used and where it has been shown. This includes fashion editorials, films, red carpet events worn by celebrities, worn by entertainers during performances, etc. It is through the extensive promotion of the vintage item that produces huge press coverage and thus affects its monetary value. Here, we find the final prices affected by the branding and production value rather than just the physical attributes of the object itself. However, when a garment of the past is repurposed, altered, or modified for the new wearer, it reactivates facets of its previous owner, where the biography of the object is no longer linear as it is stylized with other contemporary objects or pieces from different periods. The recontextualization through altering a garment of the past challenges how an object and its current wearer's biography link to self-identity through intersections of the past and present. The object's life cycle expands but the previous memories live through the piece may remain hidden with its new wearer. In conclusion, the objective perspective is determined by its monetary value and at times its intrinsic value when it comes to appraisers, resellers, and collection managers. Visit www.nkrivas.com research project for more definitions, references, and information, or follow our Instagram page at Archaeology of Fashion for updates.